Yeah, I can't believe we're not talking about the quiz still. That quiz didn't last. Two clues. That's a record our for British Face FM. listeners blew it out the water. I'm so impressed with yeah, them too. Great the shout out England. for all of our uh, listeners and friends in, uh, particularly in the North England Conference. Our beloved Poms. Yeah, we love them a lot. And uh, yeah, so that was all gone and done. So we're talking about uh, the story of um, Paul. <laughs> And um, his conversion experience. So, just a little bit of a recap. And while we're doing this recap, maybe we'll grab Acts chapter 9 because that's where we're going to be heading to next. So, you can look this up in your Bible if you get a chance. Acts chapter 9. And we were looking at Paul specifically as the apostle to the Gentiles. Mm. And so when we think about uh, his his whole calling, we find that his calling really begins with the stoning of Stephen. Now, this was this was not Stephen getting stoned on drugs. No. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I've often Praise given this Lord. Bible study and people look at me like, What's going on here? And I'm like, no, 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 not what you're thinking, not what you're thinking. Actually, which stone is worse? Really, I don't, know. I don't know. They're both bad. This was this was stoning where people picked up rocks and threw at him until mm-hmm. he died. So it was um, an execution, which is a pretty horrible way to die, really. But Paul was there, or Saul, we should say, Saul mm-hmm. slash Paul. Yeah. Uh, Saul was was there, and he was like, yeah, this is a good thing. And he was a young man and full of fire and zeal and enthusiasm He's very and. Um, sincerity. I mean, this guy was really sincere, and so from that point forward, it just fires him up, almost like, almost like a wild creature that's got a taste of blood, and he just goes out and he goes after every single Christian that he can find anywhere, and he's just dragging them in and trying to, uh, you know, imprison them, execute them, destroy them, and of course, Christianity up until this point had been concentrated in Jerusalem. And, of course, this was according to the instructions of Jesus, actually. If you go back to Acts chapter 1, um, Acts chapter 1, and mm, where did Acts disappear from my Bible? It's coming right up, flicking, 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 and about, what is it, verse 8 thereabouts, I think, from memory. Okay, I found Acts, now I've got to find chapter 1. Okay, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, there you go, I was right. Nice work. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and then the uttermost part of the earth, which is why we are sitting here this morning. I wonder whether I wonder whether when Jesus said the uttermost part of the earth whether he was thinking Australia. of Australia. He has to be. Come on. People always think that we're like the ends of the earth. No, I think I think he was actually thinking of Tasmania. Oh, come on now. <laughs> the promised land is the promised land. You know Whatever, that. Whatever, Trevor. Okay, so Acts chapter, let's, let's flick back over to Acts chapter 9 now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue on with the story because what we find is that in uh, as a result of the stoning of Stephen to death, that... Um, Christianity spreads abroad. It just goes it everywhere. Exploded. It, it just And it goes exploded. to Samaria for the very first time. So it goes to the Gentiles for the first time ever. And Philip is down there, one of the deacons, and he's preaching and he's baptizing and he's winning people to the Lord. But we really pick up the story in uh, chapter 9. Would you like to read for us, uh, beginning in verse 1, mm-hmm. um, and we'll read um, a section down through here. Sure. So Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. That gives you an indication of... Saul's zeal and his um, enthusiasm for this. And as we pointed out yesterday, zeal does not necessarily, you know, and and sincerity Mm -hmm. does not mean rightness. Sincerity and rightness are two different things. You can be sincerely wrong, and this was was Paul. He was totally sincerely wrong. But it also tells us about the spread of Christianity, doesn't it? Because Mm -hmm. Saul suddenly realizes, I've created a problem. Yeah. You know, we started here in Jerusalem, but now all we've done is spread it. Yeah. And it's going like wildfire in Damascus right now. So he's trying to put a fire out and it just keeps catching and catching and catching. Yeah, exactly. We have that problem here in Australia when the wildfires come through, mm-hmm. don't we? And, uh, and and so he's like, okay, now I've got to go here and I've got to go there and I've got to go somewhere else. And it was you almost wonder where his list was going to end when it comes to stamping out Christianity. So he's got these letters of authority for him to go to 
Damascus and to stamp out Christianity there. And then what happens in verse 3 and... Well, let's go down to verse 6. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Wow. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Mm, Okay, so in this particular story, we have a very dramatic conversion experience taking place. Mon, have you ever experienced anything like this? No. The closest I've ever come was one time when I grayed out because I had hypotension and I was conscious but couldn't see. But it was only for like a few seconds. But I definitely was not blind for three days straight. Yeah, so I'm just sort of thinking more in the context of a conversion experience rather oh, than, a, than a blacking out experience <laughs> than a going blind experience. No, do you know, people have all different kinds of conversion experiences. They do. And some people have like very dramatic ones like this. And then some people, it's more like a gentle change. This is one of the most dramatic ones I've ever come across. Ever read, ever read. Can you imagine just being blinded Although, by the Lord? I have to say that that angel story that somebody called in with yesterday mm. was a very dramatic story. Yeah, that story. was an incredible story yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, the Lord moves in mysterious ways and in multiple ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, often you find people who, you know, myself, I can't put a date on my conversion experience. I can put an year on it. I know what year Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. I know what period of that year it was. Um, And I know that it was something that took place over a number of months. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe you've had a dramatic conversion experience like this. We would love to hear about it. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843, which is uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text message. If it's short enough, just type it up for us. 0491-064-669. And we would love to share it with uh, our listeners here on Faith FM. Share your story. Um, Or you can pop it up on our Facebook page. And uh, and if you look at it on our Facebook page, that we, we can uh, share it and, with everybody And not there. to downplay people who've had like a gentle conversion experience. Not think, at all. I think a lot of people in church, they wonder if they're converted because they haven't had this, you know, dramatic change. But change is change, one way or the other. Yeah. And, you know, you should trust in the Lord that he really has and can and continues to change your heart. I'm super awesomely thankful to God for my conversion mm. experience and the way that it took place. Yeah. And uh, I just praise God for it every day. Amen. Okay, so Saul has this very, very well uh, dramatic experience mm. here. He's gone blind. How does how is his blindness solved? Ooh, I think we find out. Let's keep reading here. A little further down in verse seventeen. Mm-hmm. So Ananias went and found Saul. Ananias was a, a brother in the church um, there in Damascus. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's let's back up a bit on this story. So Ananias is a Christian. Yes, and he's looking for Saul. He actually was given a vision because he was so freaked out. Can you imagine this guy who's going around persecuting the Christians so much and then you get a message saying, oh, you have to look after this guy? Yes, Ananias is effectively, Saul has turned up, so Ananias would have been amongst many other Christians who have gone into hiding at this particular time. Absolutely. And so as he's gone into hiding, then he gets this vision Mm -hmm. of this angel. Basically telling him it's safe to look after Saul slash Paul, who, you know, was a murderous critter at that time. And, you know, I would have I would have definitely shirked looking after him. Yeah, I would have been uh, I would have really been wondering, you know, is this really what God is asking me to do? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so Ananias obeys, and he would have been a you know considerably worried about this because mm-hmm. it's a bit like putting your head inside a crocodile's mouth. Um, but <laughs> great analogy, so yep, accurate. Uh huh. Um, Australianize it here, and uh, he he heads down there. What actually takes place? Read it so the Lord says to him, you know, go to Saul. He's he's my chosen instrument to take the mess to the Gentiles. So Ananias Ananias goes and he finds Saul. He lays his hands on him. This is verse seventeen in chapter nine. And said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And verse 18 says, Instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterwards, he ate some food and regained his strength. A remarkable story. Incredible. And Ananias must have just simply been absolutely 
rejoicing to see somebody who had been such an incredible persecutor of God's church who was um, now converted. Now, the interesting thing is in the Bible is that this particular story, Saul's conversion experience, he tells it a number of times. Why is it that Paul is telling his testimony so often? To me, it testifies of the power of God. This guy now did like a 360-degree turnaround. Sorry, 180. Francis would be all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just calculating that for a second. It's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work, Mon. Yeah, he did a 180-degree turnaround uh-huh. by the power of God. And just yes. it's to me, this story is so heartening, As which is the power of any conversion story. This is why we need to share our conversion stories. We like I firmly believe that we should all have a 30-second, a one-minute, a two-minute, a five-minute, a 10, and a 15-minute version of our conversion stories mm-hmm. so that when we meet people, People, we can share with them the power, the power of before and after is yeah. one of the most um, sought and uh, and powerful kinds of stories on like, you know, on the internet. People love that kind of before and after stuff. And if you can share your before and after mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. who you were before Jesus and who you were after Jesus, mm-hmm. you have one of the most powerful tools in your pocket. To it's reach our personal, people. it's our personal BCAD story. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Before Christ and after Christ. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Before Christ and after death. Oh, after death. Yeah. That's beautiful. Before you met Christ and then after you died to self. Amen. And this is the story that Paul is sharing here. I remember one time, you know, I I never told my my testimony for years. I think I was probably in my mid-30s before I ever told my testimony Mm -hmm. because I, I, I believed I didn't have one, you know. Well, do you know? And, and and then I was doing a course one time. Sorry, I butted no, no, in. No, go on, go on. I was doing a course one time where a part of the course, I was required to write out my testimony in X amount of words. I can't remember what it was. It was just part of what we did. I'm like, what am I going to write? I don't have a testimony. You know, I never had one of these dramatic experiences. And so I started to write. And as I wrote, it was the most amazing experience because I suddenly realized, I've got a testimony. I've got an amazing testimony. And I've been telling it ever since. And I preach sermons on it. I share it with people. And I praise God for what God has done in my life because it is truly, truly remarkable testimony. Praise the Lord. And uh, everybody has that same testimony. So if you're sitting they're thinking, you know what? I don't really have a testimony. Here is your challenge for today. So your challenge for today is this. Write your testimony out in two and a half thousand words. Do you reckon it's reasonable, two and a half thousand? I have no idea how long two and a half thousand words is. I'm just going to give it to me in pages. That out of the air. I have no Stick idea. it on a page. Yeah. An A4? Or two. two A4s? Well, it depends how you space it. Yes, <laughs> just write it down. <laughs> just write it down. And what you'll find is the more you write it down, the more you will realize the amazing things that God has done in your life. And then you will have something to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. And every single Christian has this mm-hmm. to share. Yeah. Do you know, when I was actually, I um, applied for Bible college a long time ago, and part of the application process was to write down my testimony. I was so nervous and blank. I literally didn't write anything. I just skipped that entire section of the application. For some reason, they still accepted my yeah, application. Yeah, how on earth did that happen? <laughs> Actually, I think you might have been on the panel that let me <laughs> No, <in>. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I still got accepted, but I was just, you know, I, I felt like I didn't have anyone, but you didn't, any any testimony. But the Lord, you know, the Lord taught me and led me and I've really been to see the power. And you can see this in church. Like often when uh, when someone's preaching, people like, you know, unfortunately they tune out sometimes. But as soon as, the, as soon as the preacher starts speaking about their personal testimony, people start sitting up, their eyes start lighting up again. They start paying attention. Testimonies are just such a powerful tool. And they really are a gift from God. Not just, you know, a story of how our lives have changed, but something we can really use to reach other people. And when Luke writes the book of Acts, mm. we find that he records Paul's testimony three times. Wow. So you've got his testimony in, in, in chapter 9, which is the first time it happens. Then you've got it repeated in chapter 22. Then you've got it repeated again in chapter 26. So not only does is this obviously a theme that Paul preached throughout his life, but it's a theme that Luke picks up on. And Luke is like, this is something we need that needs to be repeated, and we need people to recognize that you know sharing your testimony is a powerful thing. I think all churches should have a testimony time, at, you know, every week. You well, know, just to, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? That's my favorite part of church when the churches have that. I just love it. People can come down the front, tell their testimonies for the week, and you can really see the Lord is working now. Not That's just right. you know back then, not just in Noah and you know in Jacob's day, but like the Lord is working now. Mm-hmm. Every week you get a glimpse of God's character. It's beautiful. I love testimony time. I do have a question for you, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Where in the story of Saul slash Paul? Mm-hmm. Does Saul actually become Paul? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Maybe you have the answer to that question. We can put that out to our listeners. 
Whereabouts is the transfer made? Where is the last time that he's called Saul and the first time that he's called Paul? Because I don't think there's actually a verse that says, well, one day Saul decided to be called Paul. It's just like, he's talking about Saul, 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 and then it's just talking about Paul, 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 Paul. How did they know that it was still the same character in the Bible? How did the Bible translators go, oh, do you know what? Saul is Paul. Well, it's the Hebrew version and the Greek version of the okay, same, same name. The same name. <laughs> he hasn't actually changed his name. He's just gone from uh, one version to the other version. Is it, is it in chapter 9? Is that, is that where Do you know it, what? I didn't see it. I didn't see it there. But no, it's not in chapter 9. He's still Saul in chapter 9. Mm-hmm. So it's not in chapter 9. I wonder talks about where Peter. it comes through. Yeah. yeah, because to me, like to me, I always thought that... Um, it was almost. It was like a, a a marking, like a like a. This is where the conversion experience happened. The the scales have fallen off the eyes. He's seen the truth in it now, so to speak, and now he shall be poor. Like to me, it was always such an incredible um, testimony to you know how much the Lord can change you. He can change you so much. He can even change your name. You know, which is great because who doesn't want to change themselves? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I find significant is this whole passage, this whole section of the book of Acts is all about the um, gospel going to the Gentiles. And so it begins with the stoning of Stephen, the gospel going to the Samaritans for the first time. Then you come to the conversion of Paul. And straight after that, you've got Acts chapter 10 where the gospel now goes to Romans and, and, and a Roman by the name of Cornelius. And you've got the vision of Peter's, the, Peter's vision of the sheet. I was going to say Peter's sheet. It wasn't Peter's sheet. It was God's sheet um, that he saw in a vision. And you have uh, you know, this whole story about calling no man unclean. Tell me quickly, Lyle. So you have the Jews, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these other groups of people, and they were collectively called Gentiles. Is that what That's it right. was? Uh-huh. So, so who, you're a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. Martyr is a Gentile, Gentile. I think all our producers uh, are Gentiles. R- R- Rochelle is a Gentile. <laughs> so who who what what were these groups of people that were in this Gentile pile? So it was Romans. We know that from just reading that. Yes. So who else was in the Gentile pile? Well, the whole world. The just the whole world. Just the whole world. So Egyptians, Greeks. Gauls, Celts, um, what else did you have back then? You had you know everybody around the Mediterranean, Arabs, um, Phoenicians, um, yeah, Persians, you name it. Wow. So they were all Gentiles. So when it says the gospel goes to Gentiles, it basically it's Chinese. the whole world other than the Jews. Yeah, Aboriginals well, here in Australia back well. then, they were all Gentiles. Yep. So that's a rather large group. And that is a huge group. It's a blessing that... Christianity is it went to the Gentiles because, you know, the the world at this particular time was certainly growing far outside of the um, you know local areas, and it needed to become worldwide. And this is how God made it worldwide: is He took the gospel to um, it's like it's time gospel for it without to, borders. That's it. Now, of course, we'll come back in just a moment to continue talking about this. This is Fernando Ortega. Sing to Jesus. Jesus, Lord of our shame. 
You have been listening to Fernando Ortega. Uh, sing to Jesus here on Faith FM. We are in our Encounter with God section. We are talking about Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles. And one of the things that we found in that last passage we read was that Paul was struck blind. Why do you think that God used blindness? I mean, he could have crippled him. He could have done, you know, why does why does God do something bad to him at all? What's, what's, what's going on here, Mon? Mm, that is a really good question. Mm. Why would he be struck with blindness? That's what I just said. So I had to do something <laughs> with sight and seeing. Maybe because he was seeing things wrong and God wanted him to see things. No, I, think there's a, I think there's a very um, specific thing here that God is trying to point out because the Bible is talking about how, you know, Saul is kicking against the pricks or the mm-hmm. goads. You know what mm-hmm. a, do you know what a goad is? It's not a goat with a D, is it? No, it's not a goat with a D. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what's a goad? A goad is a cattle prod. A cattle prod? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be prodded with one of those. (laughs) And a cattle prod these days, of course, has an electric shock in it. But in those days, it was just a sharp pointy stick that you poke them with. And if you start to kick against a sharp pointy stick, it's going to hurt. Okay. And so Paul was spiritually blind. Okay. Is there a lesson there for us? Maybe something from Revelation chapter 3. Yeah. I suppose, you know, if, uh, if the Lord is leading you and guiding you and you're kicking against it, of course you're going to end up in spiritual blindness. Yes, Revelation chapter 3. Let me read it to you here because Revelation chapter 3 describes the Christian church in our day. Okay. And it says some interesting things about the church, about us as Christians today. It says, Because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Wow. That's pretty strong language. Mm -hmm. Because you say I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and... Blind. Blind. Oh, there's that word again. Blind. Paul was blind to his spiritual condition. He was blind to the truth. And we all sit back and think, oh, you know, Paul, he was severely messed up. He kind of, he missed the whole point of it, didn't he? Wouldn't it? Isn't that terrible there? And that would never happen to us. And we would have been followers of Jesus if we were around back then. But the Bible says, guess what? You're just as blind as Paul was. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, just as blind as Paul. Wow. Okay, That's so humbling to think it, about that. It is, it is. It's something that we all need to stop and consider about and maybe you should be thinking about this morning is like, okay, what kind of spiritual blindness might I have? And, of course, the way to cure spiritual blindness is to go to the Word of God. Amen. Spend some time in your Bible this morning and you will be blessed. That's why we're here on Faith FM and that's why we read the Bible in the morning. Amen. Okay, so moving on from there, we're going to go to Acts chapter 26 and we're going to read another one of these uh, conversion experiences of Paul and see what else we can draw out from it. So Acts chapter 26, and the Bible gives here a different narrative of what Jesus actually said. Mon, can you read for us um, verse 15 through 18? Sure. So Acts 26 verse 15. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. You are to tell the world what you have seen and what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then will they receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. That's a remarkable statement for Jesus to make to a Jewish person within that particular Jewish culture at that particular time and probably the most ardent Jewish persecutor in existence. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I read this down through here, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, this is obviously an expanded view, uh, expanded version of Paul's testimony. We've had the abbreviated view uh, version of it in chapter 9. We've got the expanded version here where we have the, you know, the, the full context of what Jesus actually said. It gives you an insight into why Jesus, I believe, was so dramatic in the way that he approached Paul. You know, because if you came up to the average Jewish person at that time who considered the Gentiles to be unclean, you couldn't have them in your home, you couldn't touch them. Um, you know, they couldn't be a part of. They couldn't be a part of salvation. You had exclusive rights to salvation, and you kept yourself completely, you know, separate from them. You didn't go into their homes, and you know, there was all of these rules that they had about staying separate from Gentiles, and they were considered to be dogs. 
And know, I'm so glad Romans, that God is not that kind of guy. Yeah, the Romans were, were considered to be dogs. And Jesus says a few things. First of all, he says, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Mm. That would have rocked Paul to his core. That's a massive thing to try and accept when you are right at that moment such an ardent persecutor of Paul, of, of, of Jesus, of Jesus' followers. And then you've got, so he says that. That would have rocked him to his core. And then the next thing he says is, okay, I'm going to send you as a missionary to the Gentiles. And you can imagine that, you know, Saul, Paul, Saul slash Paul is just, what on earth We're is going on We've knocked him out here? with a feather. You know, this is impossible to understand. And it gives you an insight into why, you know, God kept him blind for three days mm. and then healed him through Ananias because I think that it needed something incredibly dramatic mm-hmm. and supernatural to be able to grab his attention. And, uh, yeah, so we've got um, an amazing experience that is taking place here at this particular time in Paul's conversion and his call to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And, of course, in between, straight after that story, as we were mentioning before, we have um, the story of uh, Peter where uh, the gospel goes to the Roman centurion, man by the name of Cornelius, and you have that whole vision taking place. So there's a whole process here where God is saying, okay, it's time now. I just, I just, I just really want to point out. I think it's so beautiful how, when you know, when we go through our conversion experience, the Lord doesn't just leave us, you know, in our new converted state. He gives us something better. He gives us a a new purpose, a new focus on your life. And so, you know, gives us something to do. Yeah, when Saul had left Jerusalem, you know, he had this this mission, um, this commission even uh, to go and like you know root out all these these uprising you know Christians and to get rid of them all. And um, and then he has this conversion experience, and the Lord gives him a, a greater commission an even better commission mm-hmm. and you know and and oftentimes you know when we switch from our focus on the world to our focus on heaven even if maybe like our station doesn't seem as elevated or as great as it was before our new commission to enlarge god's kingdom you know through our own personal ministry is such a higher calling and i just i love the way the lord looks after us like that and gives our lives true purpose yes and what we find is that immediately after this we find the first gentile church that's established anywhere in the world is established in antioch barnabas is sent there to be the pastor of that particular church there in antioch and the first thing that barnabas does probably remembering paul's experience is go and get paul i wonder if that church still stands Ah, probably not we're going to listen to scripture lullabies don't go to sleep we'll be back in just a moment
already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real, and real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>Welcome back to Faith FM. You're with Neil Thompson on Love Matters. Now, last time we were together, we are talking about the building blocks for an irresistible love. I want to look at one, another one of those building blocks today, and that is having a faith-centered life. That's right, a faith-centered, where your relationship is built around your love and respect of God, which will then flow into your love and respect for your partner. A faith-centered life would be actually something like this, that the most important thing in your life would be your faith. It's not the TV set, it's not the sport, it's not the the radio or your music or whatever other things might be distraction in your life. It's actually getting your first thing in place. Jesus said it best when he said it like this. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you as well. So that was in his message about happiness, his pathway to happiness. He said, hey, you want happiness? Then let me tell you how to find happiness. It's in seeking God first with all your heart. And I think that's uh, that has to be a great building block for an irresistible love of your partner. Making God the center of your life, the center of your relationship even, which means having time where you would read the Bible together as a couple, having time where you would pray for each other, where you would actually kneel together around um, a, a special place that you might set up. I tend to call that a family altar where you might put a, a special cloth over a coffee table. You might have your family Bible there that you would read from and you would gather around there to have time time of worship together where you would pause in the presence of God, you would pray for each other, you would pray for, for personal growth, you'd pray for, for victory in terms of your loving and your ability to love each other and to care for each other so that your love would grow stronger day by day, that you would ask God to bless you in that way. I reckon, in fact, it's more than I reckon, I know that my praying for my my wife, my praying for her in my own private devotions and then together actually makes me become a more loving and lovable man. And I'm a more loving and lovable husband as a result. So God at the center, Christ at the center of it all, I think is so true and is such a transforming principle for our relationships. It's easily overlooked in the, the hustle and bustle of doing life. It's one of the things we often will let go of first. But here's the thing. Let go of the TV. Just leave it off. Let go of Facebook. Just shut it down. Get your smartphone and put it on a cradle somewhere for at least an hour. And in that uninterrupted time, come together with your partner. Just talk about your day. Open your Bible. Read a section of the scriptures together. Pray with and for each other and delight in each other's presence. Do that with your... Um, with your favorite sort of gentle background music on, do that with a nice cup of uh, hot chocolate or something or one of our favorite drinks that my wife and I really enjoy together is pomegranate juice, uh, freshly squeezed. It's in a glass bottle. It's just beautiful. And it's a great way just to be together and enjoy each other's company as we do those things together. That is one of the important building blocks for great relationship right there. Get that squared away. Even if you're dating someone now and you're wondering, oh, wow, would this be awkward? No, let me tell you it's not. It's a great way to build an increased intimacy and to build your relationship on a great foundation. 
Remember, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, his love, and everything else that you would want would be added to you as well. Make him your first call in your relationship. Well, you're with Neil Thompson on Love Matters. Stick around on Faith FM. We've got plenty more coming up after this. This world is a wicked place Filled with snares for a fallen race So this day we seek your grace You raise our child in your ways You gave him life, you've let him grow We have him now to love and hold But time will come to So we want him to know you This little boy that we've been given Is a gift from you And so we take our tiny treasure And we give him back to you You have been listening to Matt and Josie Minigus, Auron's song here on Faith FM, and we have come to the question and answer time of the show, and we've had questions and answers just flooding in today. Special shout out for Gez, um, who also gave the correct answer to our quiz that it was Esau, the husband of Judith and Basimath. Um, Unfortunately, not the first person to call through, so try again tomorrow another Good quiz happening him, tomorrow absolutely alright so what have we uh, what have we got coming in for questions today a whole list of them coming in we what? have stacks of questions and I have had so many questions and I'm so happy about it um, our listeners in Britain are just just coming at us strong and I'm so loving it loving it's it great to have people listening on faithfm.com.au or using the tune in app which you can use anywhere in the world download that thing and for free and it makes it so much easier to listen to you don't have to worry about signal strength You know, we, we struggle mm. with signal strength in some areas I have noticed mm-hmm. people have mentioned that and you can solve all those problems in one easy move just use faithfm.com or uh, tune in there. Okay, question, question. What have we got for question? Okay, we did have to know what we had a bit of a different question this morning, I have to admit. Okay. Um, yeah. They want to know whether or not our playlist is published somewhere on our website because they're really enjoying our music. Okay, I'm looking out to the uh, producers and they're shaking their heads here there at the moment. And so, um, unfortunately I, not. Do you know, that's an easy fix. We can just type them up and put them on our Facebook, can't we? Well, maybe. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Not making any promises at this stage, but uh, we are glad that you are enjoying our music yeah, so much. Yeah, we're, we're pretty new to this. So, if you have any other suggestions, you know, how we can improve or something you'd like to see change, just, you know, hit us around the head with that. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, right, so here's a question that came in from a listener and it is from Sheldine. Why should I go to an evangelistic seminar? What's your answer to that one? Why indeed. Nah. <laughs> well, do you know what? It really depends on where you're at in your spiritual walk, in your in your in your There are a multitude growth. of reasons. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have never heard the gospel, not really sure who Jesus is, you should come and hear some life changing information. However, if you are already a Christian and uh, you are looking for a way to, I guess, grow in your spiritual journey, you should come and help out. Okay, so there's another reason, though, that I think that's even more important if you are already a Christian. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's um, Daniel was telling us about this one that's taking place here in Wall's End in the evenings around 7 o'clock in the evening Mm -hmm. um, at the Macquarie College. 
and uh, on on Lake Road. And so, if you're if you're a Christian already, then this is somewhere where you need to be so that you can encourage other people. You can make friends of people who are new to Christianity and bring friends too. Don't just come and make new friends. Bring the friends you got. Absolutely, every single one of us has a whole circle of friends who don't know Jesus, and it's the easiest thing in the world to invite them. Hey, come out for the evening. There's this amazing series of presentations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you don't have one happening in your local area, then do a bit of searching or contact us here and we can probably give you the dates of when one will be happening in your area um, that you can take somebody to and just invite people along. It's the easiest thing in the world. People get so scared about giving Bible studies or even sharing their testimony. But you know what? Just calling up your mates and saying, hey, let's just go out for dinner and then let's go to this. You know, it's such an easy thing to do. We do this all the time. It's like, yeah, let's go to a movie. Let's Uh go to this thing or that thing. This is such a simple one. So and just, this could be literally saving their life. Literally saving their life. The con- consequences of this one will be out Eternal. of this world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so there's lots of good reasons um, that, in- that include strengthening your spiritual experience, getting to know Jesus better, learning more about the Bible. But the greatest reason is to be able to share with others and to encourage other people in their Christian walk and in their experience. Go and sit next to somebody that you don't know and make a new friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, friends are one of those things. You can never have too many friends in today's world. And loneliness is actually a, a massive problem, especially in places like Australia and England. Yeah. You know, it's one of the, one of the biggest um, social... This is Melissa Otto. This is not who you are. You have just been listening to Melissa Otto. This is not who you are here on Faith FM. And we have come to my favorite part of the show where we actually get to give something away. Give away. A little bit earlier than usual today. We are? Yeah, well, it was the, uh, that we had the shorter version of the, uh, of the interview. Oh, we are right. I just looked mm-hmm. at the clock and thought, oh, it's, it's a little bit earlier than usual. But that's all right. We're giving something away. What are we giving away oh, today? They're going to be so happy with this. This is the DVD called Tell the World, and it's a movie, um, and it is all about uh, the start of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Okay, the great Second play. Advent movement, mm-hmm. it's called. One of the greatest 
uh, one of the greatest uh, revivals to sweep the world, definitely the most worldwide revival that has ever been seen and one of the stories that is the least often told. We usually talk about the Great Reformation of the 16th century and miss out on this one, a worldwide movement that sprang up simultaneously in many different parts of the planet. And so you've seen this one, Mon? It's a little I've bit seen like it. I loved it. The style would be like, uh, let me think, it's um, a period drama. Yeah, exactly. If you're into so, that. Yeah, like uh, what, Jane Austen. That I kind of knew thing? you were going to say Jane Austen. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of Jane Austen-y, but not like heavy with the romance at all. Okay. There's a little bit of romance. There's, there's romance. There's romance. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, there's yeah. some romance. You've got to have yeah. romance in a story. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's our free offer today, and it will go to the first caller through. So here comes the number. Get ready to type it in your phone, 1-800-324-843. Or you can send us a text message on 0491-064-669, or you can send us a message on Facebook if you are quick enough. So make sure that you jump in quick and ask for the Tell the World DVD. That will be your free DVD for today. Now, of course, a reminder that uh, you can listen to us online at faithfm.com.au or by using the TuneIn app at FaithFM Australia, particularly if you are listening to the delayed broadcast. Mm-hmm. This is the way to do it, and that TuneIn app is just fantastic. It is. Take it wherever you yeah. go. You put I just your, got a message from in your... Cassie in Geelong, and she's using the TuneIn app to tune in. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we, have, we, have a, we have a good signal in Geelong. Yeah, we do. So she's got options down there. She does. Yeah, she's listening and, to the uh, car. Okay. And of course, that means that um, you can listen to it. You can listen to Faith FM while you go for your morning exercise. Put you your phone can. in your pocket and your earphones, um, in. earphones in, and away you go. Just take it with you. You can plug it into the sound system in your tractor. <laughs> Are you totally good? I don't know why I'm laughing, but that would be awesome. No, I know somebody that does. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. And I'm impressed. I really am. Anyway, we have enjoyed your company here on Faith FM this morning. We always look forward to you joining us here. We love it when you are listening in and interacting and sending us so many questions through. Stay tuned. We have more great programming coming after this. This is Henry Higgins. I need the every hour. Thank you. 
dance the way I always feel When your love melts away my fears For I had inside troubled my mistakes I wanted to hide How could I be alike for you? I'm as light as a bird for you Have shown all my weaknesses You've known Still you pick me up Saying together we can do it Keep running And so the light I want to show Is how you have loved me Oh,
thousand stories of what they think you're like But I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never Good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, and I've seen many searching for it. I can hardly think as you call me 